Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of Kids Views. I'm here in studio today with Andrea Smith. Hello. Our technology guru in all purple. She's in full (laughs) purple. And Amy can't see because Amy is joining us via Skype, but not video Skype, via audio. Hey, Amy. Hi. Amy's in the woods somewhere. Um, I am. I'm hiding in the woods. (laughs) We were just talking about how way more scary the woods are than the city. Oh, yeah. Anytime. (laughs) Anytime. Yeah. Oh, totally. I am so at home in like the dangerous, crowded, loud city. Put me in the woods and I'm terrified. Right. Well, the woods is where things happen that never get solved because yeah. no one's around. <laughs> like you, something happens to you in the woods. Too bad for you. Uh, speaking of the woods and what? scary, I want you guys both to be very proud of me. What'd you do? My husband and I are watching Stranger Things. Finally. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> finally. For the, it's October second season. Premiere. And it's scary. It is scary. Yeah. It is scary. But like an E.T., like an old-fashioned scary. I don't know. It makes my heart beat. I don't like scary things. <laughs> well, we watched the first two episodes of that in the woods during a thunderstorm. Oh. Yeah, no, no. That would that's totally not, <laughs> That's not okay. Although I still think Friday the 13th is the scariest in the woods movie ever. Although Blair yeah, Witch Project. Oh, yeah, that was scary. Blair Witch Project yeah. is really scary. Yeah. All right. So aside from, we're not going to talk about that aside today. Aside from scary, <laughs> here's something else scary. Right. Here's what we're talking about today. Um, we were talking about this Atlantic article that went everywhere. Yeah. I feel like everyone shared it. Have smartphones destroyed a generation? Which is by Jean Twenge. And this is actually an excerpt from her upcoming book. She is a psychologist. I think she's a psychologist and not a psychiatrist. Um she this is this is a really long article and it's really well researched this is not just some like scare article so we're going to talk about this and then we're going to talk about our bites of the week well we'll have something lighter at the end i hope um so let's jump in um i'm kind of annoyed so i have a subscription to the atlantic these articles go up online before you get your issue every time like why do i bother to subscribe um because i would have rather read this on physical paper because right. it it's so long it's almost 20 yeah. pages yeah. i went to print it oh. and it said 20 pages and i was like i'm not going to print it i'll just read it off the thing um so i actually printed that she's already been making the interview rounds she was on npr so i actually printed out the npr like condensed version of we this we should have her on here we should we'll, yeah. we'll reach out to her um and have a more in-depth discussion and maybe have some kids on to challenge her but what was so fascinating about this article and sad was the absolute correlation they showed between the introduction of the iPhone, the mass adoption of smartphones when it hit the over 50% ownership ring, and then you see this massive rise in anxiety and depression. I mean, literally to the date, like if you look at these graphs, and we'll have a link to the article because you have to look, there's like the introduction of the smartphone, the 50% adoption rate, and then the bar chart goes either all the way up if you're talking about depression and anxiety or like all the way down if you're talking about security. And I mean, it is, it's hard not to look at that and think, holy everything. <laughs> you know, it, it is, it's really hard to, but, and then I, I posted it also. And what was interesting to me is some, you know, people of the generation before mine, 
you know, chimed in and said, every generation says this. Every generation, you know, like our parents thought that they were going to lose us to books and music. And, you know, we isolated and read books. And that was a thing. And, and you know, on one hand, I kind of agree with that. But on the other hand, it's just there's so much research and so many facts that point to how depressed kids get yeah. once they get on social media. I mean, it's hard enough to fit in as a teenage girl or a preteen girl or even a boy, but how social media just exacerbates that. So here was something I thought was interesting, which is that they said members of this generation, which she calls iGen, I call Gen X. I'm not Gen X, I call Gen Z. They're the children of Gen X for the most part, maybe young boomers, but for the most part, they're children of Gen X. Um, born between 1995 and 2012, which is also a debatable span. Some people say it's more like 2000. Yeah, 95 was not 90, smartphone. Right. My, 95, you weren't getting... I mean, it was just the 10th anniversary of the iPhone. Right. So by the time... You didn't get an iPhone when it came out right. in 2007. Exactly. No way. Um, so those kids were already almost 20 when they probably got an iPhone. But regardless, she said they drink less, they learn to drive later. And I just read another article, which we'll link to, about how kids don't want to drive at all. Right. 25% mm-hmm. of kids are now not getting their driver's license by 18. Um, they're, not, they're drinking less, and they're holding off having sex, which is also, for the first time, the teen birth rate has plummeted. Um, and it, it's the rate of the age kids lose their virginity has risen. So, you know... What's interesting is that, however, they're on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades and largely because of smartphones. And there she was saying, today's teens are not spending as much time with their friends in person, face to face, where they can read each other's emotions and get social support. They know from lots of research that spending time with other people in person is one of the best predictors for psychological well-being, one of the best protections against having mental health issues. And it says they're more likely than young people just five or ten years ago to say that they're anxious, they have symptoms of depression, that they have thought about suicide or even attempted suicide, and there's a consistent trend with mental health issues increasing among teens. And I do think this is different than the normal teenage angst. I don't buy it. I don't (laughs) buy it. I hated this article. Here's the thing. Everything that she's talking about could also be blamed on parenting styles And what if, I mean, she even says, um, you know, that kids aren't going out as much without their parents. Um, She mentions that one girl who only goes to the mall with her family and has to check in every half an hour or an hour. So what if all of this stuff that she's blaming on, on cell phones was actually because of the shift in independence in children? And then when cell phones came along, it was exacerbated because kids had something to do alone in their rooms when they weren't allowed to go out and explore. But here's the weird thing about that. I And we've talked about this before. I have been at events where kids are all sitting at a table together and they're texting, texting. each other. Yep. And I have definitely seen my daughters looking at Instagram. I mean, it's all anecdotal, but like and seeing when they're not. I mean, there was my daughter deleted Instagram from her phone. She was like, I'm sick of just seeing all these things like people out, people doing things together. And then I feel like, why wasn't I invited? She's like, and then I know I didn't even want to be invited. She's like, I could have gone. I actually really don't want to be. Or you were out and they all took a group picture together and somehow you weren't in that group picture. And there is a different kind of immediate left outness. And, you know, they say like you never feel lonelier than when you're surrounded by people. (laughs) Like that feeling of you're seeing all this stuff. And we know it, right? We know that intrinsically. And. I think that does feed into how you already feel as a teenager, 
which is insecure lack of confidence your hormones are crazy you have lack of your confidence everyone's presenting their best selves on social media and not their real selves which is a hard thing to you can think that you know in your brain intellectually but it's still hard to reconcile emotionally and then to your point amy social media made parents more anxious in the same way i mean i can't tell you how many parents i hear who are looking at their kids instagram saying why wasn't my daughter invited to that oh my god i see all of her friends on this thing she's going to be so upset when she sees this i'm so glad she wasn't around to see this them they post this picture and she's away right now i'm so glad she's not seeing it i'm like seriously which also feeds into the lack of independence and the helicopter parenting yes absolutely absolutely but is it all of a piece like the ability to now check in all the time has also become a smartphone issue, right? I mean, it used to be right, very weird. Right, but we're weird. blaming the smartphone for something that, that you can have control over. Like, I went through this. I remember we talked about it. When my son first started taking public transportation, I tracked him, and it was driving me crazy. <laughs> and after you know a few weeks, few months, whatever, I turned off the tracker on his phone because this was not something that was helping. So was the tracker driving me crazy technology's fault fault or my fault for doing it? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I just I think that we're blaming something when there is no proof that that is the thing that is the cause of it. But I don't think every parent is a helicopter parent, right? I think that a lot of, you know, we live here in the the tri-state New York City area, right? And I think that we have a lot of, you know, type A type parents here. I don't think that's true across the rest of the country, honestly. And I feel like, you know, I hear I hear people say today, oh, my God, I let the kids go to the movies. You know, they were 12 years old. I don't know how I would have let that happen if we didn't have cell phones. How did parents do that? And the fact of the matter is parents did it. I mean, you just did. You know, they, the kids rode their bikes in the 80s and, you know, went in the woods and got lost and whatever. They just did and came home for dinner. So I think that um, having that phone now it really is tying to your point it's tying parents to their kids and being able to to be with them but I don't think all parents are that helicopterish I think kids are using that phone in ways now that's that's keeping them from making the social uh, the social inroads and the social contacts and the social skills that they used to have I mean honestly in the suburbs uh, and this was five six seven even more years ago when Matt was in high school kids stopped coming in the house you know when they would come over to pick him up they used to come in and ring the doorbell and right. you'd get to say hi and they'd have to look a grown-up in the face and talk to a grown-up and towards the end of high school it was you pull up you text from outside hi i'm here in the driveway and your kid goes out the door how about calling on the phone the home yeah. phone like where you knew who was calling <laughs> you knew, i mean but i think that's different than so kids are going out a lot less because they don't need to because they can sit on their phone and be at house party. That's or, where I disagree with you. Why? You're you saying because they can do it. I'm saying they're doing that stuff because they're not allowed to go out and be independent. So instead, it's so much easier for everybody involved, the parents and the kids, for them to sit in their rooms on their phones. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of parents who say, I beg my kid to leave the freaking house. <laughs> who are like, don't you want to go meet your friends somewhere? Don't you want to go out and do something? They're like, no. Like, they're totally happy just looking through Instagram and just, you know, being on house party where all of a sudden there's 20 people in the house party at once. And it is social. Like, you're all jumping into house party at once and you can see friends from all around the country that maybe you can't see on a regular basis. But I do think, you know, 
what was interesting about this article was it wasn't just some random fear article. She had so much data in standing. And this wasn't about helicopter parenting. It wasn't about, um, you know, lack of independence or that. It was about mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's but what I thought was But it was about those things. She totally dismissed those things. She would mention them and said, yeah, this, 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 but. Yeah, there's this, but. I, I want to read you a, a re- part of a response by a psychologist named Sarah Rose Cavanaugh. She wrote a response to this article on Medium. And her first point was, The data the author chooses to present are cherry-picked, by which I mean she reviews only those studies that support her idea and ignores studies that suggest that screen use is not associated with outcomes like depression and loneliness, or that suggests that active social media use is actually associated with positive outcomes like resilience. Resilience? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Kids definitely seem a lot less resilient today (laughs) than they ever did. Um, You know, the problem is we can't take, you know, and this is not my point. This is from this article that I'm looking at, but we can't take 50 kids and take away their cell phones and match those, you know, the time that they would be spent doing that with something else and then compare them to the kids who are on the cell phones. Like, it's hard to prove this stuff because you can't get a control group of kids without cell phones. Well, I mean, right. That's why they do backwards looking, right? That's why they look at previous generations. I mean, look, the one thing I thought was hilarious about this article is she's talking about all this mental health stuff, but then she talks about the teen birth rate plummeting, kids having sex later, right. kids not. These are all good drinking. things. They're all great things. Right. Like, they're all, like, think, you know, and how eighth graders, she uses eighth graders as the cohort that aren't going out as much as eighth graders just six years ago. And I thought, well, good. I mean, that was, I like, the worst possible time for it. <laughs> It was actually, this was kind of stunning. It was actually 12th graders in 2015 were going out less often than 8th graders did as recently as right. 2009. Which which, I, which is kind of scary. Which is weird. Um, I don't know where, and which is funny because in 2009 wasn't that long ago and people were already talking about, I mean, they've been talking about helicopter parenting. Certainly since my daughters were born, that's 15 years ago, um, there were helicopter parents. My grandmother, who just turned 100, wow. who was a kindergarten teacher her entire career, <laughs> It's like her favorite stories are about the helicopter parents and her kindergarten in the <laughs> 1950s, the crazy mother who was there every day, who, you know, made sure her kid got two cookies or whatever it was instead of one at snack time. Um, but so I, I also think that has always existed. But I do think smartphones, I don't even think it's helicopter parenting. I think smartphones have created a very codependent generation. And this is this is the one thing I have seen across parents that we've heard from is that it's not just them texting their kids. It's their kids texting them I agree all with the that. time. I absolutely agree with that. because, and, But in a way, it's kind of a positive thing, right? It's, I mean, I see it with my sister and my nieces. I mean, they, they're in school now, in college, but they text and call her all the time. Yeah. Like, they have a relationship that I don't know would have existed I spoke to my parents there, if there were no phones. Right, I would like try to remember. You know, we had pay phones in the hallway right. in college, but you know, it's a good thing. But at the same time, I feel like, do they still need her to take care of that stuff? You know, are they so dependent on her? If they didn't have that phone and the ability to reach her, would they have to handle it themselves? Right, would they freak out? <laughs> <laughs> and that, but that's where the problem solving and the independence and the resiliency comes into play. We, we can't even find out because, like you said, there's no chance to find out. They've got the cell phones. Right. They've got the cell phones and so do the parents. And I think that was, you know, 
one of the things she was saying was just put off giving your kid a smartphone as much as possible. And I do think it's also maybe a good message to send to your kid. Like, you don't need it yet. Like, I can, I know where you are. I trust you. I whatever. And then you get them the dumb phone if they need it for the bus or the whatever. Um, But, you know, there are things like my my daughters, they like their music. Like, they want to listen to music. I don't want them on my Spotify Right. I want them to have their own thing. I don't want to be, you know, I mean, we share Netflix, but like, you know, all that kind of stuff. At a certain point, they also have to have those things and then they can make that decision later if they want to keep it up, if they want to keep up Snapchat. I mean, but there's definitely an anxiety there. I mean, I see it. I see my daughter when she was leaving for camp about what she was going to do with her Snapchat streaks. And I'm like, well, who are your streaks with? Seriously, there were so many people that maybe she's met once. And she well, was I, like, I don't feel bad. I'm giving up my streak. I'm like, and what will happen? And she was like, oh, nothing. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you're, you're bye-bye. You're not going to have a friend log into your Snapchat to keep up your streaks. But let me tell you, she had a lot of friends who did that, who oh gave gosh. their Snapchat to a friend who could then keep up their streaks. That's weird. Well, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> arguing, I'm not arguing that the anxiety isn't there and that there isn't a problem. I'm just ar- arguing about the cause. I just don't think she makes the case. And there so you is think one it's part more than she, the smartphone. You think it's I, I do. I think the smartphone is is the easiest crutch. But I wonder if and the I think, smartphone is the tool that has enabled this. Like I wonder yeah. if this right the smartphone and we really well the point she makes I think is the best point she makes in this article is we don't know. This is a total guinea pig generation and we really don't know. We can't say no it's not and we can't say yes it is, but Either way, definitively, we can't until we, you know, are able to look backwards in 20 right. years. But what's going to happen is this generation is going to go out into the workforce with no social skills, with no ability to figure things out for themselves, with no, you know, resiliency, as Amy says. I mean, I think that I think that will be really, really interesting what happens when these kids kind of move to the next phase of life. Right. Although I will say as a Gen Xer. I was just having this conversation with my niece, um, who's in college right now. That's what they said about us. That if I could pull yeah. articles from mm-hmm. when we graduated, Reality Bites came out, mm-hmm. Slacker came out. We were the Slacker generation. We were never going to make as much money as our parents. We were. We had a terrible work ethic. We were all pregnant and stoned. <laughs> like, we, like they had this whole thing, right? Meanwhile, we invented the internet, we invented social media, we created entire industries that didn't exist before. Uh, You know, like we elected the first black president. Like there was like, it's sort of a a thing every generation does when they look at the generation coming up is saying like, they're lazy, they're slackers, they're, uh, they don't do it right because they don't do it the way that generation does it. And yep. now it's millennials' turn, and obviously it's going to be Gen right. Z's turn within the next five years, and millennials are going to be not not so hot anymore. Um, they have to get ready for that. They'll stop picking on millennials. Right. <laughs> They'll stop picking millennials, <laughs> and then millennials will be picking on the Gen Zers. Um, but I do think every generation thought that. I mean, I had this conversation. My daughters and I, we were going to watch Rebel Without a Cause. And, you know, when you watch Rebel Without a Cause – it's hilarious now, right? The delinquents with the switchblade and the driving. My husband and I watched American Graffiti last night. Oh. The fact that all teens did in the 60s was drive 
and drive and drive <laughs> and drive and pick up girls and drive. And yes, they were right. independent. And now nobody from their wants parents. to drive. Now no one wants to drive. <laughs> and like, but the the generation looking at them, the depression generation, right, was like, what are these? These kids are low lifes. So all they do is drive around and drag race and smoke cigarettes and you know sit at the drive in and make out. Um, so I, I do think some of it's generational, but there's never been a technology that has transformed a generation like this. Um, and that is true. And that's true of the adults, too. It's not just true of the kids. So we'll see. We'll see as AI takes over because um, that's the next step. <laughs> um, and there's no more brick and mortar stores. And <laughs> we'll see what happens. Did you hear what happened at Facebook with their AI experiment? Yeah, they had to yes. shut it down. Yeah, because it developed its own language yes, on its own. Because that's how Battlestar Galactica happens. <laughs> like, let's all get real about what's going to happen. Um, and it's up to our children. Forget the zombies. It's right. not going to be zombies. It's up to our children to stop that from happening. So um, maybe it's good that they are so adept at smartphones and computers. Yeah, maybe yeah. they'll see it coming. <laughs> they'll shut it Stay down. Stay tuned. We'll see. All right. Well, we will have a link to the article in The Atlantic, and we will have... A link to all the other things we talked about and the comments Amy talked about. I want to hear. I yeah, I'd like I, to read some. So of many the, people shared it, but I actually didn't see a lot of conversation happening around it. So I would be no, interested to see that. And every single person that I saw who shared it agreed with it wholeheartedly. Oh, I just wrote interesting read. I always just say like interesting, interesting. read because I don't know how I feel about it. Like I feel like seeing those charts was bananas. But I I thought her advice was stupid like her advice is like just put off giving your kid a smartphone and then like and then limit the amount of hours and i was like that's not advice not reality not reality right so there has to be a bigger some kind of societal conversation other than the those stupid laws they're trying to pass where your kid can't get a cell phone till they're 13 i mean that's just ridiculous so whatever um all right we'll be on that note (laughs) we'll be right back with our bites of the week Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week. Amy, what you got in the woods? Okay. So, um, if you're a Game of Thrones fan... Don't worry, I'm not going to say anything spoilerish at all because I hate that. Although, if you haven't seen last week's episode by the time this airs, you've probably seen spoilers. I also think um, that you get five days. I'm sorry, that's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I didn't even get five days because I couldn't watch it until Monday morning. And the moment that I signed into HBO Go, there was a giant spoiler on the home screen. What? Mm. Why would they do that? Yeah. That's terrible. Well, it was the thumbnail and the title for my bite. So I'm not even going to say <laughs> okay. what the title is. Um, okay. And I usually, usually when I write these up, I put the video in the post, but I'm not going to do that either. I'm just going to link to it because the name of the video is the spoiler. No, we'll just um, say spoiler alert. Like if you haven't okay. seen it, all right, too I'll, bad. I'll put it skip all the way down at the bottom. Skip ahead, so, so Amy's bite. Five skip years. ahead. Uh, two minutes and you'll just won't hear the spoiler so five years from now when i finally yeah. watch game of thrones i will uh, I'll you know there's remember. a spoiler who remembers <laughs> no, no, no. nothing will be spoiled with what i'm about to say you can listen if you didn't see it and i'll put the video way at the bottom of the post so you have to scroll down if you if you uh, want to see it but um the episode that was on there is a behind the scenes video a 14 minute behind the scenes video of the making of the episode that is as harrowing and exciting as watching the episode itself 
And if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you have to watch this. But I would say even if you have zero interest in Game of Thrones, but you're interested in seeing how complex scenes are shot when so many different elements are coming together in movie making, you have to watch this video. I've watched it three times. It's incredible. It's a, um, so the director of this week's episode, he, what he's best known for is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He directed like <laughs> 20 episodes. So everyone's like, whoa, like this yeah. guy, like this is totally, and then the editor is actually a woman. And I would yeah. say that the editing was just as, if not more important than the directing, because it was insane. insane. The entire thing is just insane. And when you see how they made it, it's more insane. And the thing is, seeing the behind the scenes of it didn't ruin anything for me. In fact, it, it made the story even better because when you look at what the actual people making it are going through and what everything that they're putting into making the story, it just makes me appreciate it so much more. That's hilarious. I have to have one Game of Thrones side note, which is, did you see the article about how all of Jon Snow's furs and all of the Night Watch yes! guys are Ikea rugs? <laughs> They're all Ikea rugs. <laughs> the article that I read, it actually found a couple yes. of the rugs. Like for $14.99. You, you too can have this. Oh Ikea sheepskin rugs that they just die and rip apart and put leather on. It was the best thing I've ever heard. I mean, now everyone yes. has their Halloween costume because you just need to buy a $14.99 Ikea sheepskin rug and you too can be <laughs> Jon Snow. So funny. So All right, awesome. Andrea, what do you have? Okay, so you're going to need your smartphone for this one <laughs> or a computer. Um, Grab your kids. Borrow your kids' smartphone. So August 21st is the big solar eclipse coming to the, well, not just the U.S., but all over. Everywhere. Um, And so obviously there's great viewing places. I think it's like Oregon, you know, places that we're not. Um, And Time Magazine has this wonderful simulation that we'll put a link to that's called see how the solar eclipse will look from anywhere in the u.s and you put your zip code in which i have done and it actually shows you the exact time that you will have the best view august 21st 21st. so mark your calendars my girls would still be at camp where there's no lights (laughs) you can did you i I, did you guys see that there's something going through facebook um Somebody was saying, okay, we're having a solar eclipse party on this date at this time. And somebody else was like, oh, my girls are in school. Could you move it to the weekend? And they're like, did you just ask if we could move the eclipse? <laughs> anyway, awesome. sorry, I just found that hilarious. Well, maybe they need to look at this simulator online so that they can see exactly when the eclipse. And also it shows you, like, obviously, if you're in New York, you're not going to see a, a, a complete solar eclipse. But it'll show you how much you'll see of it and at what time. So, like, maybe you don't want to schedule a dentist appointment for that time on August (laughs) 21st. So you can be and don't look into the sun directly and get your glasses. But this is really cool. And what I thought was really cool about it is they explained how they fact checked this whole simulator against NASA's data. So if you're really geeky, I would read that part of the article, too. I'm going to link to an article that I read about how to tell if your glasses are real. And it it gives a list of places where you know that you're buying real ones. But don't buy them on the street of New York City. (laughs) Basically, these are supposed to block out so much that if you put these on and look around your house and outside, you should not see anything but the sun. If you can see street lamps, if you can see, you know, your bedroom lamp, 
fake. Hmm. Yeah. Nice, scary. Yeah. Um, all right. So my bite this week is a TV show. Um, sorry, Andrew, you're just so never going to catch up everything. There. <laughs> it is the oh, best the show that my husband and I watched this summer. It's an Israeli show called Fauda. It's on um, Netflix. You're going to have to spell that for me so I can find F it. F as in Frank, A-U, D as in David, A. It means oh. chaos in Hebrew. It is in Hebrew and Arabic, so it is subtitled, unless you can speak both. Power to you. Um, <laughs> it is like the craziest show it is a huge hit not just in israel but throughout the middle east because is it a made for netflix show nope it is an israeli show okay but it is everyone's bad like it is so exactly how things are it is complicated it is messy you see how completely the same the israelis and the arabs are like it, like so much so that they can go undercover very easily because um, everyone looks the same. Everyone is basically kosher. <laughs> everyone is, you know, or halal, whatever you are. But it is, so it's all about sort of Israeli um, undercover special forces and the Palestinian underforces, but like also like a terrorist cell. Uh, it is so good. It is so suspenseful. It is so complicated and messy. So... Both sides love this show. Wow! In Israel, oh, and they have to put this up higher yes, on the list. This is not Homeland. This okay. is not like those are the bad guys. Right. We're the good. Guys. This is like the most messy, complicated, mm. and it's so good. And then you just feel like, oh my god, nothing will ever change. Like oh. it's so screwed. Like this, it's a it's a game. Like it is a giant game, and it is horrifying, but it's unbelievable to see. Um, wow. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Everyone we recommended it to was like, oh, my God, I'm sure they'll do some remake like they did. Homeland was originally an Israeli show, and then they do the silly remake they do. So the first seasons were good, and then they weren't. But I'm sure they're going to – some HBO or someone's going to do a remake of this. Um, but it's better this way because it's also in the Hebrew and the Arabic. And so even though you're reading the subtitles – I don't know why it's like so much more engrossing that you're reading the subtitles and hearing the languages um, mm. that even my husband the other day was like, can you turn it up? I can't hear it. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I feel like I need to hear it. Like the air conditioning was That's loud. So funny. It was so funny. He was turning it up. I'm like, okay. Um, but I can't recommend it enough. Fauda. Check it out. Okay. It could be your end of summer binge. And you could totally watch it with teenagers. Like it's super engrossing. Um, and that is it for this week. Thanks, Amy in the Woods. Thank <laughs> hey, you. Happy anniversary, Amy yeah. in the Woods. Oh, th- yeah, my, my 19th wedding anniversary. That you almost yep. forgot. Well, <laughs> because my husband, we're, we're not seeing each other today, so we celebrated the last time we saw each other um, because I'm in the Woods and he is not. Um, Even though he's the one so that yeah. wants to be in the Woods. So. Right. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, he's the one who has to work the job to support the Woods. Right. So... And, and I just want to mention that almost the entire time we were talking, there was a hummingbird outside my window. Talk about distracting. Are you scared? No, no. <laughs> it was pretty to look at. But okay. my camera's Excellent. also out of reach, so that was frustrating. Aw, all right. She's making great strides there. Exactly. You're, you're <laughs> making it happen. All right. I'm talk still to you wearing next week. my Indorsey shirt, though. The Indorsey shirt stays. Okay. All right. Well, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites. And on ParentingBites.com, we'll have links to everything we talked about. There's a lot. It's a lot for you to cover this week, Amy. <laughs> Amy's yes. got a lot to write up. 
Um, obviously on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe and share. And on Play.it, where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week. Thanks, Andrew. I'm Have glad you were here week. in the yeah, studio. Yeah, good to see you. Happy parenting. <laughs> so we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.